Welcome to the actual episode 14 of 21st Century Boys. This is Joe Crawford. And James Crawford. Yeah, I screwed up a little last time. I wasn't purposely trying to avoid like the unlucky 13 or anything, but I thought we were on number 14, and apparently we weren't. So last episode was actually 13, and this one is number 14. So we're going to dive right in. I have got... Three comics slash four stories that I will be covering, and Jack has got his usual abundance of uh, many things that he's been able to read in the last couple of weeks since we last recorded. So, Jack, why don't you do a handful, and then I'll jump in for one. I'll start off with a biggie. This will take up my entire first segment. Okay. I'm going to be talking about Civil War The Complete Event. I read the complete thing from beginning to end, all of the volumes associated with the event from... Marvel Unlimited. I really like that they added the events thing so then I could read like everything connected to it and it gives me a better understanding of what's going on. I have already read the main story for Civil War, but everything else connected to it I have not tried out yet before then. Uh, so Civil War, you know, Civil War is about Iron Man and Captain America. They make a law uh, that basically says... If you don't reveal your identity or work with S.H.I.E.L.D., then you'll go to prison for, like, not working because you'll be registered as a bad guy. Right. It's called the Registration Act. And originally, I think what's really interesting is if you haven't read the main, if you've only read the main event, you won't know this. Iron Man doesn't originally believe in the original Registration Act. This is in the Spider-Man comics that are connected to it. Mm -hmm. And it's probably... The second, maybe third biggest thing connected to it besides the main event, like the main comic series. Uh, what, like the Spider-Man reveal? Yeah, like the Spider-Man reveal, yeah. yeah, everything associated with it. And then soon, the like, him becoming, uh, going to Captain America's side, a lot of important stuff is in the Spider-Man volumes, which isn't exactly required if you read the Civil War. You'll be able to understand everything pretty well. Yeah. But I do think you get a lot from reading extra stuff. And I don't believe it takes away from anything, really. Like, it just makes it better for all the things connected to it. Right. Uh, one storyline that I really liked was the Wolverine one. It follows Wolverine hunting down the killer of all the children. Okay. When uh, Speedball and the New Warriors... Right are trying to face him and then the guy explodes him this follows wolverine trying to find out what who like gave him the powers and like what's going on it's a very fun storyline and i do recommend it that's cool i've never read that one i've read some of those spider-mans but another one i really recommend is civil war frontline this has a bunch of many stories so for like five pages it'll be one and then for the rest it'll be like another one and there are quite a few important ones one of them follow one of the Daily Bugle workers, after finding out about Spider-Man, trying to find out what's going on because he gets hunted down by Green Goblin. So he tries to find out why the villains are coming back and getting out of jail, which he eventually found out, find out is because of Tony Stark releasing them to work with his group. Uh, my favorite story, though, from the this series is Speedball's story. Okay. This follows him waking up because he's the only survivor and going to prison and dealing with survivor's guilt. It's a very interesting story, and it 
is basically for the entire thing. You'll get like five pages here, ten pages here, so on. So and this is in Frontline? Yep. Okay. It eventually <clears throat> leads to him joining something else. Like another group? Uh, I believe it's the Thunderbolts. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So what happens is after going to jail, he is... Once they find out he gets his powers back, it's from a different way, actually. He loses them in the fire, and then they kind of come back in a different way. Instead, they come back once he feels stimulation or pain. So he makes this uh, suit called and names himself Penance. It basically has like a bunch of like, it's basically just a torture device mm-hmm. that just fuels his uh, powers. Okay. And he joins the Thunderbolts later on. Probably one of my favorites. It's a very interesting and well done story. Uh, Punisher War Journal. This is an interesting one. It's only like two volumes, I believe. But it's just a fun Punisher story, which has him like hunting down Kingpin and stuff. Yeah. I don't know. I don't have much to say because it's very short. Yeah, I've always liked Punisher. Uh, Runaways and Young Avengers. I know that is one of the ones you read. Yeah, I remember liking that one. It has, like, I think it's just them, like, teaming up to fight this random guy Mm -hmm. who's just hunting them down. And then they decide which side to go on after that. Yeah, it's funny because Runaways, you never think of really... Especially initially, the early runs, they were never meant to be superheroes. They're just trying to get away from their supervillain parents. So. Yeah. Um, some, they start this event right after Civil War called The Initiative, which follows them just trying to group a new Avengers after almost everybody is in prison that used to be associated with them. It's a very interesting thing, but it's its own event, and it doesn't have like The Initiative, a complete event on Marvel Unlimited yet. Yeah. So I don't have much to say about that. But from what I've read, it is executed pretty well. Cool. Uh, the Death of America is something interesting. After he get is going to jail, because he brings himself to it, for uh, going to New York and causing a bunch of damage in the war. Right. Talking and, about Cap. Yeah, Cap. Yeah. He <clears throat> gets shot by, I think, like, skull bones or something. Crossbones. Some crossbones, yep. yeah. And so there is a five series uh, thing talking about like his death and how people associate it with it. There's an Iron Man story, a Spider-Man story, a Cap story, a Avenger story, and a Wolverine story. Each of them dealing with it in different ways. Uh, one volume that's just kind of connected to it randomly is the epilogue to Civil War, but also just like an anniversary issue for Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. It's... Uh, Fantastic for 534. It is like an annual where it's like a bunch of short stories. And there's, there's the first one is them. They make this documentary about the Fantastic Four splitting up due to the Civil War and the events that caused it. It's really interesting and we get to just see the different panels. It's probably the most important event to the Civil War because after that it's just random Fantastic Four stuff. But I did really like it. After that, there's this story made by... Uh, Stan Lee, written by him, which follows, like, they don't want to do the Fantastic Four because it's their anniversary. Mm-hmm. They're just sitting down while Mole Man, like, kills everybody. Yikes. And so, they're just sitting down, and everybody's going crazy because the Fantastic Four aren't here. And then Stan Lee appears. He runs to their house, 
And he's like, you gotta save the day. But they're like, it's our anniversary. And he's like, okay. So he runs back down <laughs> and then convinces Mole Man to stop because they'll have a party hosted by him. It's really crazy. But it's also really funny. And I do recommend this story, even if you have not read The Civil War. Well, that's cool. Yeah, Civil War is one of those I really think got me back into comics. I don't know if I was quite weekly at that point, but it was one of those um, when your mom and I first uh, got married. I was... No, actually, no. Civil War would have been like after you were born, I think. Oh my gosh, I can't remember it's things a, anymore. It's 2006. So it oh, okay. Before. So it was right before you were born. Uh, I, stuff starts to run together after a certain point. But yeah, so it's when your mom and I first started dating and I was slowly starting to go back to the comic store and pick up stuff because uh, I hadn't really bought much for a while there and that was one of those that got me interested again. I feel like the next one um, Secret Invasion was the first one I like made sure I got every issue of but mm-hmm. uh, Civil War I read I think first completely in trade but it's good stuff. Mm-hmm. Alright so let's do a shorty first. So we're going to finish off what we were visiting with last time. Uh, Action Comics. This one's 540. Let's do the Aquaman story, and we'll come back and do the uh, Superman story last. But one thing I, I do think was very cool in this issue, they have this Meanwhile section, and that was what Dick Giordano would do uh, to basically say the news of what was coming down the pike. And interestingly enough, this is from, what was the year for this? 1983. So he says, two things coming up. Two DC Marvel team-ups, JLA Avengers, is pretty well set for the summer, and a second Titans X-Men set for Christmas. And as many of you surely know, neither one of those happened for a very, very long time. I don't know if the X-Men and Titans ever happened, but JLA Avengers didn't happen until the 2000s. So, anyway, let's look back at Aquaman. Once again, Action 540. This story is called Water War 1. So... Mara is no longer possessed by the um, insidious creature who had possessed her last time. I can't remember her name. I'm sure I'll run into it in a second. Her name's Velana. Okay, so they've been split in half. Uh, Mara's still running around in her teeny-weeny black bikini. And her and Velana are fighting. And she's like uh, punching her and saying, I'm going to put you in a, to a, a ring. I'm going to make a ring out of hard water. And I, I don't, what's a hard water ring? I don't even get what that is. So she makes a ring out of hard water after they've been beat up by like some octopi and a couple electric eels have zapped them and that sort of thing. So I'm going to create a hard water ring for us to fight in. So she just made the hard water ring. And then they start boom, clunk, bam. My crown, you won't be needing it anymore. So um, they're fighting and after this last big crown punch, you know, this big sock to the head, uh, Velana appears to be conked out. Arthur breaks through the hard water, so whatever hard water is, it actually goes crunch when you break through it. I didn't know water could crunch unless it was ice, but why wouldn't they just say, I made a battle ring out of ice? I guess it's not cold? I don't know, this is weird. Mira, I came here as soon as I recovered consciousness. Are you all right? Yes, all is right now with me and... Zebel, Who the bleep is Zebel? It wasn't you who called off the octopus? Thank Poseidon I was able to do it without Velana noticing. Another of her mind blasts and my brain would have turned to fish food. 
There's nothing more to fear from Valana. My people would demand her execution. Surely you wouldn't allow that. It's not my right to annul the laws of Zebul. Oh no, Valana's dead. Then you... Oh no, I didn't hit her that hard. She must have commanded her own death. She told that electric eel to kill her. Okay, so I guess she didn't want to lose her crown. So death by electric eel suicide, apparently. Um, so Aquaman's like, well, we got to go back home. But I can't take you with me because you'll die. And Mera's like, no, I will go with you. I love you. So they fly off into the, I would say the sunset, but it's just this weird water hole. So they fly off into, well, swim into the water hole. The end. Mara and Arthur are back together again. And that was Aquaman. All right, what's okay. next? Next thing I got is Howard the Duck 2015. This is the first series of two Howard the Duck 2015 runs, both illustrated by the same one and just continued after that. I don't really understand. They could have just been like the same series. Yeah. But these are, are these both Chip Zdarsky? I believe so. Okay, cool, cool. I like him a lot. So, it the first run is kind of weird. Both of the runs are weird, but specifically the first one. It starts with Howard and this random person who I forgot the name of going out, getting out of jail. And then, like, he... I'm not sure what happens. He needs Black Cat for something. So then gets Black Cat to help him. And then Spider-Man's like, oh no, I gotta save Howard from Black Cat. And then... So is she a gangster again at this point? I believe so. Okay. So this is like when she's working... What was that guy's name? Uh, Hammerhead. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then uh, Howard gets like shot and he almost dies and Spider-Man's like, no, Uncle Ben. And this is kind of a gag. <laughs> Every time he thinks someone dies, he yells, no, Uncle Ben. And it has him, like, laying on the person. <laughs> In, like, really tiny text that's, like, really hard to read. Yeah. But every time. That's funny. And then Galactus comes, I think. Mm. <laughs> and then uh, there's two dogs. And uh, Howard the Duck has a dog. I think. (laughs) Oh no, he has a cat who's like a robot thing. And then, like, Galactus, they find out that, like, a bunch of Avengers come, but ends up to just, oh, Galactus needs an animal friend. So uh, they give the cat to him, but then he's like, oh no, Spider Man, I don't know. He didn't (laughs) die. He's like, oh no, again. And then uh, they switch a cat with someone else. That Spider-Man has, and so they go away, and Spider-Man feels pretty upset still. Mm. But it's a weird run. That's a you can't. It's that Peter Parker look, you know. Yeah. And <clears throat> then for the second run, uh, they meet the Guardians of the Galaxy, and then after that, after that, Silver Surfer. They have to work with Silver Surfer. And this girl who, like, stole Silver Surfer's powers. Okay. So yeah. they try to give him back to Silver Surfer, but she stole him. And eventually they bring him to Howard the Duck. So now Howard the Duck is, like, Silver Surfer. <laughs> and then it's such a weird comic. And then... Wait, I think Galactus is in this one, too. And so then, is it good? It's, like, fun. The art's a little weird for some of the people. Sure. Like, the humans specifically. If you look at the heroes, they look fine and normal. Howard looks fine. He says Silver Surfer Duck. 
but I don't know. So, I feel like during this period, I don't remember, was it Hellcat or She-Hulk lived in the building with him? Is that uh, a thing, or am I making that up? Oh, yeah. In the first volume, he gets kicked out. Oh, okay. So, But he was living in the building with, like, he was, was it with Hellcat? Uh, or was it She-Hulk? Yeah, She-Hulk was working with Hellcat, okay. and then he okay. got kicked out. Because I remember that in, um, I don't remember, if it, I think it was actually in the She-Hulk series from that time by Charles Soule. I remember Howard popping up as being in the building. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, next one I'm going to be talking about is You Are Deadpool. This is a very interesting one, but I had a lot of fun with it. This I, is the Choose Your Own Adventure this one. This is the Choose Your Own Adventure one. I picked it up when it was first coming out, and I think I got like the first two volumes as they were coming out, and then just kind of stopped. Mm-hmm. So, it's supposed to be played like a game where you like roll a die and then you pick up stuff, it's, but I don't really do that. I just <laughs> kind of follow when it tells you to like go to page that right. and choose your choices. So, like, if it tells me to win or lose, I'll just go to the lose page, and it'll be like, oh, you died, go back to the beginning. And they'll go back to the panel I was on before, and just pick the win option. Because a lot of the time for the death stuff, there's, like, something funny written or something. It's made by the same person that made the Deadpool 2015 run, I believe. Okay. Which I am a fan of. I, I think that was that Jerry one. Duggan. Yeah. yeah. The guy who did uh, Savage Avengers. Mm-hmm. So, it's kind of... If you are actually trying to play along with it, you'll probably have a frustrating time with it. Because near the end, you just, like, keep on having the chance to, like, die or stuff mm-hmm. and stuff. And, yeah, uh, I don't know. I have, like, one random issue of it I don't have, that I don't remember anything about other than I got the cover because it was made to look like a, a Dungeons & Dragons module. But that was the only reason I even picked it up. Yeah. yeah. I think one of my favorite volumes... So it starts with volume one just in, like, the normal setting. Mm-hmm. And then there's three different volumes in between... Which depend on the stats you get, which you probably won't follow because that's too much work to just read a comic. Right. Uh, so I, I just go in order. Sure. So volume two, I believe. It's volume two or three. Actually, it's volume three. Volume two is like this retro thing because around, there are these flashback scenes in the original one where they like change the style to kind of look like the old one while still complementing the new one that they have so mm-hmm. it doesn't feel too drastic. And that one's fun, but... Volume 3 is probably my favorite because it has them, like, going into, like, this forest. And then there's a bunch of different paths you can pick. And I think it's supposed to be in some order. But I don't follow the order. I just go from the panel's order. And one of them follow, like, Man-Thing. It beat up Man-Thing. And that's probably the one Dad got because Man-Thing's on. Yep, that's the one and I got. It's a pretty fun little comic. Near the end, there's, like a Deadpool verse of people that are trying to defeat like these guys that aren't the Watchers but they kind of look like Watchers and it's fun it's a fun little run and if you buy it I think it's well worth your money because you can go through like the different paths and try to see what goes on it takes a longer time if you do this but I think it's a lot more fun yeah so that did you read that one on the 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 unlimited app or did you i got the trade okay so that's probably the way to read it that That probably is that sounds like that would be very frustrating to try to read digitally yeah yeah because you'd have to like skip pages yeah you have to go like like that yeah 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 and comiXology's new app is poop yeah yeah we got to experiment that so that day all right you got another one one more for right now cool i read deadpool black and back in black this is uh, Deadpool, he gets a symbiote. This is the time around 
It's supposed to take place right after it leaves Spider-Man. Deadpool's just like beating up people, and that goes to him. So he he now has the symbiote, and he's just living his life and just. But then he finds out that wow, this is making me a bit more stronger and stuff, and I can like take more punches. So he just starts beating up people, and then he. I don't remember much from it, but it's fun. He meets Spider-Man, and eventually they get the symbiote out of him, and they beat it up because they're turning it evil. But he meets this... He meets the power pack. Right. Because they're defeating, like, this clown guy, and then Deadpool's like, stay back, kids. I can deal with him. So he beats up this random guy. He's not even, like, a supervillain. He's just this guy who wants to beat up kids, I guess. What? And he's a clown? He's, like, dressed up like a clown. And then Deadpool wins, and he's like, hey, and the clown's like, me and you, we can work together. He's like, not today, and then he leaves. It's a very fun story, and I do recommend it. It's only like five volumes. Nice. All right, so back to Action Comics 540. Let's do the main story, and that's Superman. And 500 years in the past, we have Satanus fighting Cyrene, and Satanus is possessing Superman's body. Think, uh... Doc Ock and Peter Parker's body kind of a thing. So the two of them are fighting, you know, lots of, like, magic-y kind of, like, tendrils and zappy eyes and stuff. Kind of boring. Let's flash forward to Metropolis 500 years in the future. And Lois and Jimmy, I just can't accept it. He can't be dead. And and then, (laughs) that was supposed to be Jimmy. Sorry. (laughs) I messed that up a little bit. Anyway, let's try that again. Take two. I can't accept it. Lois Clark can't be dead. One moment he was so alive and suddenly I feel so very old. And frightened, Jimmy. It hurts inside so very much. And you've got Lois with tears. She's she's really sad. And the doc is in the autopsy room. She's about to cut into Clark's body. He still has his glasses on. <laughs> I don't know much about autopsies, but I'm pretty sure if they're going to take off all your clothes. They're going to take off your glasses. But whatever. So she's about to cut it, uh, into Clark and he goes, No, stop. I'm not dead. Good God, he can't be alive. And so he's all groggy and he's got like drunk bubbles coming out of the top of his head. Brain scan was negative. Heartbeat had stopped. He was dead. I double checked it. But he's alive. Oh, I can see that. So then drunk bubble Clark is like, please, I gotta go. No, Mr. Kent, we have to run some tests. There's something weird going on here. You understand? I can't be tested now. I, and he like falls out and he's like, this guy weighs a ton. So they get him back on the bed, and, like, Lois and Clark and Lana are in the hallway, and um, Clark comes back. He's like, I gotta get out of here. Lana, help me get my clothes. Of course, Clark. Right away. But I don't understand how. Um, you go to the locker where they had his clothes, and you get his clothes. That's easy. Um, so anyway, Clark's laying in the bed, and Lois is, uh... (laughs) Is tending to him. She's getting him coffee. So let's hope the coffee goes better than last time or she like burned him. But anyway, uh, she goes and gets coffee. She doesn't spill it this time. Uh, Lana walks away with Jimmy. I'm not sure where. They just kind of walk off. So just so that you can have this moment, basically, because it won't work without it. So Lois and Clark in the room together. I have to ask you this. Superman lost half his powers. Then seemingly you look almost die so tell me are you superman 
And she's like looking down at him really weird. She's at a weird angle. She's like staring down into his nose. And anyway, after a long silence, Clark finally goes, No, I'm not Superman. And he like he like justifies this to himself by lying to her. Because he's like, Because I don't have my powers right now. So he didn't tell a lie because he doesn't have Superman powers, but whatever. I still think that's kind of Fibonacci. So back 500 years in the past, Zyrene and Satanus are still going at each other. Um, so fighting McFight, boring McBoring. I, I don't know. It just the whole Satanus thing is just a bunch of hand waving and nothing really happening. And she's got like this meat patty or something. <laughs> she's molding i don't know what's going on with it it looks like at one point she's about to chew on it <laughs> so she's got this big wad of something and satanus is really mad that she's about to eat it he goes no don't don't do it sirene don't eat that meat wad um because you know if she eats meat wad there won't be any aqua teen hunger force anyway back in the present or at least back in 1983 uh, Clark's like, ooh, is that a dream? Because I guess he's actually dreaming what Ghostface Superman is dreaming in the past. And um, he wakes up in the bed. Um, this time he doesn't have his glasses or any clothes on. I don't know why they like let you sleep with your glasses off, but you can't get an autopsy with the glasses off. So, anyway. So, we go back to the Daily Planet. And I don't know why Clark's going in there. He just got off an autopsy bed a day ago. So, he's going back to work. Just to basically say that he feels like crap. And Lois is talking about all these famous heroes that she's been writing investigative reports about. She just wrote one about Cave Carson. And now she's going to write one about Rip Hunter and the Sea Devils. And Clark has been thinking like, Ugh, I don't have the time bubble. I don't have the time pool. I don't have the time treadmill. Well, it's the cosmic treadmill, but you get my point. And once he hears Rip Hunter's... Uh, name he's like ooh, i mean they got time travel so he flies off to find rip hunter and he gets there and they've aged they're all senior citizens and they're basically like piss off clark you can't help us and he's like uh i need your help so back to the past sirene and her meat wad are about to face off one last time against satanus she zaps him he jumps through like some power portal and she grabs no <laughs> and she turns into a, like a ghoul and disappears so is she dead we don't know but Zatanis in his ghoul white mask is gonna finish off superman and superman pops up in rip hunter's time bubble so he was able to talk the senior citizens into lending it to him so we'll have to find this exciting conclusion coming up after jack tells us about some more books okay one of the series I read quite a bit of is Fantastic Four 2018. This is a series I've read the first two or three trades of, and I really enjoyed. Uh, it starts off with Human Torch and the Thing just living with each other because the rest of the Fantastic Four, including the kids, are uh, in some alien planet that they're not aware of. And... It doesn't give an explanation. I'm not sure if this is from some other event. Because I read, read Secret Wars. And it doesn't seem connected to that. It kind of is and it isn't. After Secret Wars. Uh, uh, they decide to go off into the wild blue yonder. And uh, Thing and um, 
Johnny are left behind, and they had this series, which was a basis of um, the old Marvel two and one. Oh, is it the Thing and Human Torch one? Yeah. yeah. So instead of Thing in a rotating cast of you know uh, other superheroes, it's just Thing and Human Torch. So yeah. yeah, and that leads into the Dan Slot Fantastic Four that you're talking about. Was this connected to the Moon Girl? Was it around the Moon Girl meeting the Fantastic Four? Uh, I think or... yeah, she was teaming up with. She like stood in as uh, with Devil as the Fantastic Four with All right. with Thing and and Johnny. Yep. Okay. So, they start with that, and they think it's hopeless, and that they'll never come back. Because at this point, they say it's been a few years. I'm not sure if it's been that in real time, but in comic Yeah, it was a few years. They, they We didn't have a Fantastic Four comic for a couple of years. So, they're, and then in the next volume, eventually, they come back, and it's all, wow. And they have like a bunch of the other people that were associated with the Fantastic Four come back. To celebrate, kind of, but also work together to be this big baddie. Who I forgot. She's like this de- devil person. She's kind of like Hella from Thor, I guess. Okay. Uh, so that happens. And was cool. she the one who was like destroying all the universes that Franklin had created? Oh, I think that's it. Yep. Yeah. But, but she only lasts like a couple volumes. Yeah. So it doesn't seem as big as it probably is. Yeah. Uh, something funny is in the first volume... There is this little mini story made by Scotty Young, which I you know how much I love him. Yeah, Scotty's great. Uh, which follows the one of the characters talking about how this is uh, false and it's false advertising because all the Fantastic Four aren't in it. It's only Thing and Human Torch, and that is not why he bought the book. So he's <laughs> going to be returning it. It's the green guy. I forgot his name. The uh, Impossible Man. The Impossible Man. Yeah. yeah, it's very cute. It's just a one-page thing, and I like it. Cute. The in the second trade, uh, there's a couple things, but it mainly focuses on thing and things wedding. And they do talk about a little bit in the first per, in the first volume of Fantastic Four because he proposes to her. Alicia. At, yep. Yeah, Alicia, at that time, and then they talk about it later. So, it's just this very cute little thing where, like, they're getting ready for the wedding and all the Avengers are there and stuff. It's very fun, and I do recommend the volume, even if you're not... If you like Fantastic Four, even if you haven't read this specific run, though. Sure. Uh, Connected to that is Empire. Empire is this quick little thing. It's the last big Marvel event of 2020. That's how it promotes itself. Right. Uh, So... It's a crossover between the Avengers and the Fantastic Four, because the Kree and the Scrolls are working together for Hulkling, I believe. That, yeah, because uh, Hulkling and uh, who is he married to? Was it Wiccan? Yeah, Wiccan. Yeah. So Hulkling is hosting them and like just working with them to try to get them together to work with each other, and suddenly something has turned them evil. So the Avengers and Fantastic Four are just there, and they come to feed him. Uh, so, they just work together, and they find out Hulkling has been possessed by something evil. Okay. I forgot what it was, but Wiccan comes back to help him, and like is like, this is not the man 
that I have married. Right. And then who turns him back to normal. It's pretty fun. I think it's only like six volumes. Yeah. But like pretty big volumes. They're like 40 pages. Well, there was a lot of... T- I remember there was a lot of tie-ins to it because I feel like every every big series it had something to do with it. At least like an issue yeah. or two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, something kind of cool is near the end of the Fantastic Four. This happens around the time where... I haven't read the volumes where it happens, but I saw the cover of the trade. The X-Men, I mean, the Fantastic Four get replacements kind of like the FF previously. It's Wolverine, Spider-Man, and two others. I'm going to look it up real quick, and then I'll tell you. Oh, and that's exciting. Um, I'll say this while you're looking it up. They are, you're talking about new Fantastic Four that they did in the, I want to say it was either early 90s or late 80s. But it was originally Hulk, Spidey, Ghost Rider, and um, who am I leaving out? Wolverine. Anyway, cool thing. They're actually bringing them back uh, in the newest previews. So there's going to be, I don't know if it's going to be just like a one-off issue, but there's at least another appearance down the road of the new Fantastic Four. So I'm actually really excited about that. Okay, around this time, it's Spidey, Wolverine, and just the two kids, I guess. Oh, okay. They are also associated with the Empire, and they kind of help for a period of time. But I guess they go back to help with the Fantastic Four later so like, on. It's like uh, Valeria and uh, Franklin? Yep. Cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also read House of X. I'll have too much to say of it about it, but from what I read, I did really like it. It does seem to be something that you have to read most of x-men to understand yeah something i really like not just with house of x but with the x-men series around this time is they have these little panel these little like pages just talking about backstory and stuff that you may have not understand if you haven't read previous x-men comics Mm -hmm. which did help me quite a lot with this thing even though i didn't still didn't understand some of of it Yeah. yeah Yeah, House of X, I really liked. I get confused with which one's which. The Powers of X, I think, is the one. Is it the one where they're like in the future? Uh, House of X is just about them finding all of the time periods okay. in general. And Power Powers of X may focus specifically on the future side of things. Okay, that was the one that I got confused with because it's way in the far flung future, and I didn't know what the heck was going on. The only character I remember from that was um, Nimrod. Mm-hmm. And he was he was during the eighties, so I, I knew that character. But the rest of it was like I don't understand what this is. So I, as someone who's read a lot of X Men, I found it confusing too. So I don't think you're alone on that one. All right. Okay, so let's finish off this big Satanist thing with Superman in Action Comics number five forty one from nineteen eighty three. And this issue is called once again Superman. So Superman is in the past fighting himself, possessed by Satanus, and you can tell them apart because one of them has, like, um, death metal makeup. So death metal Superman will be, uh, today death metal Superman will be played by Satanus. And like I told you, it's just kind of fighty McFight, and not a whole lot goes on until they get into the present time that I find even remotely interesting. I mean, the fights are fine because it's Gil Kane, so it looks really nice, but it's like, Superman punches him and like some weird magic thing happens. Then Superman punches him and some weird magic thing happens. So, I don't know. I didn't find that that part super great. But the part that's pretty good is when we get back to the present time. Some dude's trying to flirt with old Lana. Hey, Red, you free tonight? Chris, I'm never free and certainly not for you. Here comes Jimmy. 
Hi, Lana. That was a great report on the Middle East problem. Thanks, Jim. Couldn't have done it without your research. Say, you see, Lois? Yeah, I was just heading that way. Come on. Lois. Not now, Lana. I'm in the middle of an important rewrite. Okay, but have you seen Clark? Clark? What's with you two? You spend more time together than Joni and Chachi. What's the scoop? You can tell me. I don't know what you mean. Clark and I are just good friends. Come on, Lois. We go way back. Oh, yeah? Well, if the shoe fits, pal, I have eyes that see things maybe you don't. You guys are a couple now, aren't you? What difference is it to who I like or who I don't? Lana, dear Lana, you don't give me Superman. I had him already. What? So basically, Lois and Lana are having a tiff. Lana likes Clark. Lois likes Superman. Can't they just have them both? Uh-uh-uh. Because -uh -uh. secret. Shh. Superman is actually Clark Kent. Okay. Don't tell anybody I said that. That's kind of a big deal. So anyway, Lana runs off in a tiff. Jimmy's like, what did Lana do to you? Steal one of your old pillbox hats? What are you talking about? She came in here looking for trouble. And you couldn't wait to give it to her. You virtually accused her of having an affair with Clark, which would be none of your business, even if it were true. And you know what? I know Professor Allen is not going to like me saying this, and I apologize, Professor, but Jimmy is right. This ain't none your business, Lois. Okay, so back in the, ga in the galaxy's personnel department, Mr. Moore, your resume is quite adequate, and you definitely qualify. Your job selection is up to Mr. White, our editor. And who is this mystery, mystery employee? This will be revealed in the forthcoming issue of Action Comics and Superman. Ooh, I wonder if it's Alan Moore. <gasps> I know that he's going to write the final uh, Superman after uh, Crisis, so maybe it's him. He's going to get a job. I don't know. I'm just making that up. Okay, then it gets really weird. We're back 500 years in the past with Satanus and Superman. And you've got some weird frog dude that comes out of nowhere that I don't understand what's going on. And I guess it's supposed to represent Superman's soul. And I don't know why Superman's soul is represented by some frog dude. And then they fight. And Satanus splits from Superman. He's back to being his normal kind of cool helmeted Dr. Polaris meets... I don't know. Dr. Polaris meets Magneto meets some crusade-looking guy. Anyway, I like the outfit. He's pretty cool-looking. So, now the two Supermans are fighting Satanus, and there's, like, bugs and giant crabs that pinch him, and he goes, Ow! These pinchers hurt! And then there's, like, a tornado, and then there's this giant Superman shadow dude that comes from them out of their brain hole. So they like, the two Supermans combine and Shadow Superman comes out and zaps Satanus. This is so weird. If it wasn't for Gil Kane, this would be poop. So Shadow Superman grabs uh, Satanus and he's like squishing him. And he zaps him. And when he zaps the two of them, Super Shadow Superman disappears. And they merge into one. And Clark flies and goes after him and he punches him and then he zaps him then he punches him then he zaps him and then he hits the sphinx because remember it's a reminder we're 500 years in the past this is the first time it's actually looked like 500 years in the past and the funny thing is ba -da -ba -ba -da, he broke uh, the sphinx's nose so if you ever wonder why the sphinx doesn't have a nose it's because satanus punched clark into the sphinx and broke his nose so, and then he flies back at him with all his might. And he hits him as hard as he can. Kablamo. 
And he hits him so hard that it sends him into the future. So, Superman is back 500 years in the future because he, because he can punch so hard that it sends him through time. He changes back into his outfit. He gets his little butt back to the Daily Planet. Clark, you're back, and thank heaven you're all right. Yeah, I'm feeling much better, Lana. Thanks for the concern. Concern, Clark? You don't know the half of it. I was frantic. I didn't know how much I'd miss you until you were gone. And then she makes face with him. Me, 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 me. Gee, I, I'd like to get receptions like this. I might go away more often. So he is really excited. Lois, uh, I don't know. For somebody who don't care what Lana be doing, she sure seems upset to me. So that issue ends. Next issue, an exciting new era in the life of Superman. It begins in Action Comics number 542, which I actually own. So we will discuss that next podcast when we once again delve into Action Comics of 1983. Hey, Jack. Next comic I have is Absolute Carnage versus Deadpool. This is a shorty. It's only like two volumes. Uh, this is connected to the Absolute Carnage event. He's basically just controlling everything and he's like been able to infest everybody with his Carnage symbiote. So this is a real shorty. It just follows uh, Deadpool working uh, something, so at the beginning, uh, Deadpool has a birthday party for Spider-Man. It isn't even his birthday, he just doesn't know when it is, so he tries to do it, and to help it, he has all of the villains come to kind of celebrate. He's like, hi guys, you're invited to Spider-Man's birthday party, we're gonna be over here. So, of course, this is just a thing for the villains to come and get him. Deadpool isn't aware, I guess, or he just wants to screw with Spider-Man. And there's this funny gag where Rhino is like, is the only one who brings a gift, and he's like, "Why do you guys bring gifts?" Oh, Rhino's so nice. I like Rhino quite a lot. Me too. So it just happened. Starts with that, and then Deadpool sees Carnage, and Carnage tries to get in him, but because Deadpool's weird, I don't know, it just can't. <laughs> it doesn't work. Yeah, and then he call- and then Carnage calls Deadpool like a butthole. <laughs> And then, <laughs> and then Spider-Man and Deadpool work together to just stop him for now. He's there later, but this is a pretty small event. It's only two, and it's, like, connected to something. But it is very fun. I do recommend it, it because it's funny. Next thing's next. I got Hawkeye vs. Deadpool. Oh, I love that Hawkeye series. Hawkeye vs. Deadpool. So fun. Uh, I read a lot of his Deadpools, so I'm going to look through it real quick. I don't remember everything. It starts with, like, Halloween, though. Because there's a Halloween party. Mm-hmm. And, like, Deadpool's coming to Hawkeye's house just to mess with him, I guess. And then he meets Kate. Oh, and it's, I think it's Crossbones, actually. Yeah. Yeah, Crossbones is attacking him. So, and he actually is able to capture the, nor- the Clint Hawkeye. Right. So, Kate and Deadpool work together to defeat Crossbones and just a group of like people dressed up as villains that aren't really the villains like Daredevil and I think yeah Black Cat also works with him so it's this short little one I think it's it was more, four issues yeah, I four loved issues. it I thought it was a lot of fun it's illustrated by the main person who made Hawkeye so it's more of a Hawkeye comic but if you like Deadpool it's still very good another one I read was Black Panther versus Deadpool so this one's pretty short too. It is about there's this kid 
who's like dying. So Deadpool, and to help him, to to save his life, he needs a bit of vibranium to do the surgery on him. So he goes goes over to Wakanda to get it, and he Black Panther's like, no, I don't trust you because it's the size of like a bullet. He wants the size of like a bullet of vibranium, and he's like. I don't trust you with that. You're probably gonna like shoot me or something. <laughs> so then they fight, and he's like, "I'm trying to help a kid," and Black Panther's like, "Nah." So then they fight again, and then they fight again, and he, then Black Panther explains that he does, but it's gonna be stolen by someone, I think. Mm. So then Deadpool's, but then eventually, after enough time, they fight. A baddie comes, so they beat him up, and Deadpool steals like Black Panther's suit. Looks like this. Yo, <laughs> and they work together to defeat him. And Black Panther's like, I guess I can give you a bit of vibranium. I so, need to read that one. I had like one issue of it that I picked up. I don't know if it was like a dollar issue or something. I was like, man, this is pretty good, and I never got around to tracking down the rest. That definitely sounds like one I need to read. Okay, they fish Jack O'Lantern. Oh, okay. One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I remember that guy. Uh, next one is for this segment is Deadpool versus Old Man Logan. Ooh. I'm not a huge fan of the art for this one, but I I do like the comic in general. This follows Deadpool working with Old Man Logan, there, and they're just both trying to save this kid who's like a mutant because it's kind of like Deadpool two. Like there's this kid who's like going to jail for being a mutant, but they're trying to save him because like, well, it's a her. But sure. They're trying to save the person because they understand what it's like to be a mutant and they just want to help her. It's a very cute little comic and I do recommend it. It's not huge. Just like the other ones I've talked about. It's pretty short. I think they're all probably like three or four issues. Yeah, three or four issues. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. So the other thing we were going to cover tonight on my side, I read an issue of Vigilante. This is more Vigilante and Peacemaker by Paul Kupperberg. And who's the artist? It was Todd Smith, inked by Rick Burchett. And this is Vigilante number 43. And you got Vigilante holding a gun, looking really flipping cool on the cover. And he's driving a taxi, and he's being chased by a bunch of cops as well. So this issue is called Capital Offense. Uh, looks like it came out in 1987. I almost said it came out in 1981, but no, funnily enough, that was the P.O. box for uh, DC, and that was in the Indicia. I'm getting old, and I need new glasses. But that's neither here nor there. Okay, so we got some cops. They're at the subway. They're going to find the vigilante. And the vigilante's like, you ain't finding me, dude. So he's like laying on top of the subway train. Now... How good are these cops that they can't even look up on top of the subway train? It's like clear as day that's where he is. You would think somebody would figure out to look on top, but nope, they don't. He decides he's got to get out of here, though. He's tired of waiting around for them to not find him. He throws some gas and boots it. And he's like, shoot it and kaboot it. And he's like zapping them and shooting them and stuff. But he doesn't actually hurt anybody because, you know, he doesn't want to actually hurt police officers. So he gets out of Union Station and he's on the run. So back in D.C., uh, if you remember, uh, the negative woman was uh, working with a detective to try to uh, track down Peacemaker. So police, uh, policeman, Colonel comes in and chews Vostok out, saying, 
you know, you need to get Peacemaker. There's a bunch of crap. And she's like, I can't control Peacemaker. But this whole time, Peacemaker's listening in through his helmet because he is crazy as a bestie bug, as my daddy would have said. And so this cop is just this plain old, I mean, not to be racial or anything, but he just, he looks as vanilla as you could get. And Peacemaker is crazy. He's convinced that the guy's name is Ahmed and that he's a terrorist from the Middle East. And the dude could not look less like a Middle Easterner, but whatever. So he's like, I'm going to get you and your commie girlfriend. And after that, I'll get you vigilante. So... Vigilante at this point is on the run. He's stolen a taxi cab. He's trying to get away from the police. He's zigzagging through the New York uh, streets. He jumps out of a car, but not before he uh, makes sure that he uh, has the car going without him. So he uses a clipboard to press down the gas, and he aims it at the police officers, jump out of the car, and, of course, they crash into the uh, taxi cab. Pew, 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 shooting the gun, running down the street. We flash back to D.C. Vostok is getting ready to go and capture the Peacemaker. But Peacemaker has uh, other ideas. And he busts in on them. He says, I'm going to kill you both. And Peacemaker looks huge. I don't remember him ever being especially tall, but in this picture, I mean, look at this, Jack. He looks like twice as big <laughs> as the dude he's calling Ahmed. But anyway, he's going to kill the both of them. But of course... They're not going to let that happen. So the police officer, who obviously is not Ahmed, takes matters into his own hands. And first he's begging not to get killed. And then he throws himself at the Peacemaker's tummy and like knocks him over. And the idiot, he's like whacking him in the helmet. Now, I'm sorry. If a dude's wearing like a steel helmet and like regular like spandex... I would punch him in the stomach or the bosoms or something. I don't think I'd punch him in his metal helmet. Whatever. He's like, he's like, you're hurting my hands. Well, yeah, he's hurting his hands because you're a dummy and you're punching him in a metal helmet. Anyway, Vigilante busts in. Harry, are you okay? And he's like, no, my hands hurt because I keep punching this guy in his metal helmet. Regardless, Peacemaker gets up and uh, Vigilante takes him out. So after all this ruckus, Peacemaker actually goes out pretty quick. So Adrian is talking, and he's going to help Vostok and Harry on a new case. And it's got to do with, dun-dun-dun, the bane of the 80s, Crack Rock. So they're going to stop crack distribution. So we're going to um, flash over to an inner city where this guy rolls up, and he's like, Hey, you got any of uh, that stuff, uh, you know, uh, crack? Yeah, man, 20 bucks. That's for two. This bleep's real fresh. Gonna get off on it. <laughs> Thanks. And then you have two terrorists, because the terrorists are the ones providing crack rock to the streets, apparently. And they're talking about how, you know, they're gonna really take down the capitalist pigs of America by uh, infiltrating the cities and making everybody addicted to drugs. So anyway, another guy goes up to the same dealer. Hey, Bobby, you're becoming a regular, aren't you, man? Hey, Jack, I'd like to party as much as the next guy, that's all. You holding today, man? Wouldn't be standing here if I wasn't. What'll like you and the lady have? What else? I'll take four pieces of the rock. And so he gives him four vials of crack. Bobby, I don't think you want to do this, Bobby. Come on, Debbie, you're going to love this stuff. But they say it's real bad for you. 
supposed to get you hooked to like after one time. Don't be a jerk. I've done it a lot and I'm not strung out, am I? Besides, you gotta try this. It gets you so high, you know, like you don't ever want to come back. But I'm scared, Bobby. Okay, well, it's me, okay? There's nothing to it. Maybe you shouldn't, Bobby. Too late. And he, like, lights his pipe. Oh, I'm done, done, done. Oh, Bobby. And, you know, while Bobby's, you know, doing the crack rock, we uh, go to a bar, and the guy's just slept off a really bad day, it looks like. And uh, he's getting his drink on, and he stumbles out drunk as a skunk, and he runs across the thing and says, Got a drinking problem? Want help call alcohol hotline. Huh, what a load of bull. I'm not that sick, but it says confidential. What would it hurt? Just call to talk. Oh, man, who am I? I've become... I'm a drunk. So, next issue. And I don't own this one, but now that I know that it's all about drug abuse and alcohol abuse... I'm going to have to track down issue of Vigilante number 44, and that issue is called Addictions. Uh, I just really connected to what he just said. I started reading Vigilante right after I finished The Peacemaker Show, which I definitely recommend. It's very good. Oh, The Peacemaker Show is awesome. Uh, so I read the first nine volumes so far, and I really enjoyed it. He started as... His origin started... From Teen Titans Annual Number Two, he was this lawyer who uh, had his family killed by someone. So he goes out for a bit and then decides to to kind of save the day and make peace. And by doing this, he becomes vigilante. Uh, so he is a mercenary, but he doesn't exactly work for money. He just tries to help people. Right. He's similar to Peacemaker. More than the Peacemaker from the comics. And he's not much like... I'd say Peacemaker from the comics is more like Vigilante. And Vigilante from the comics is more like Peacemaker. Okay. In the show. Right, right. Because <clears throat> Vigilante is more like... Not someone that kills. He does sometimes, but eventually he tries... To, he goes against it. Because he is still a lawyer and he is still someone that deserves people deserves to have their lives as long as they can. Yeah, I always thought the initial Vigilante was kind of like Punisher, like, I don't want to say Punisher light, but like Punisher if he wasn't, you know, just straight up murdering people. Yeah. Yeah. So, he's just someone that works for others and when they tell him to like, shoot someone, he'll sometimes do it at the beginning, but eventually after working with the Teen Titans, which in the third, third volume he encounters the Teen Titans and they find all out that Adrian Chase is Vigilante. Because he was someone that Robin and the others worked with for a bit. Well, they say they did. They never actually show it mm-hmm. besides talking about it in the annual. But it is kind of something that they talk about a little bit. And then he eventually, just when trying to face someone, he decides not to because he's kind of scared of it and he doesn't feel like doing it. So he comes back to the people who told him to shoot the person. He's like, I can do it. And then the other person's like, I feel thankful for that because I didn't really want you to either at the end of the day. It's a very good comic and I do recommend it. It's very different from the character you see on the, the TV show. On the TV yeah. show. The character in the TV show is more like a combination of like Deadpool and like Joker. Yeah, he's really silly, but he's I really like him silly, a lot. But he's funny. He is very funny. And he's got a good heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, he is good hearted. And 
So th- that's it. That's all you got for today? Oh, that was a great episode. So, Jack, I really appreciated uh, you once again reading the bulk of the books for me. Um, I was kind of last minute today. We were going to try to get another episode done, uh, but we were like, you know what? We've got a lot of stuff that Jack's been reading, and we didn't want him to like do an hour and a half while I have like one book like last episode. So we figured we'd try to get one in today and uh, do the best we could. So thanks for listening, as always. You can reach out to us. We're on Twitter. The website, the website, the show is at uh, 21st Century Boys. That's 2-1-S-T-C-E-M-B-O-Y-S. I am at I was Joe, And I'm at N underscore garlic. And thanks for listening tonight. Have a good night, everybody. Good night.